Hello, and welcome to the latest in our Impact Wave podcast series, Making an Impact. April is Financial Literacy Month, and as part of our Financial Literacy series, I'm thrilled to welcome today Ebony Beckford. Ebony is an author, entrepreneur, and financial literacy advocate committed to closing the wealth gap in America. In 2020, she released her first best-selling children's book, Madison's First Dollar, which led to her starting Thin Lit Kids, a multimedia company that empowers adults to teach basic money concepts to kids three through seven through fun and engaging games, books, activities, and content. Ebony's work has been featured on NBC News New York, Essence.com, among many others, and on multiple blogs. Welcome, Ebony. It's a thrill to have you here with us today. I gave a brief recap of your many accomplishments. So if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you became a staunch advocate for financial literacy. Well, first off, Karen, thank you so much for having me here. I'm super excited to be a part of this great series that you're doing on financial literacy. Um, and my story is interesting because it, it, it's funny because it's kind of still unfolding, like how I got here and me understanding that. I had to do um, a deep dive into why I was being called to this type of work. And initially, um, I started... Um, I created my book because I wanted to find a way to give my daughter, Madison, um, some tools that I didn't have when I was younger. Um, but what I discovered is that like, it really was coming from me being in um, a place of just like angst when I was pregnant, um, just remembering what my experiences were like when I was a kid, when I lost my mother at 18. Um, when my mom passed away, I had negative $200 in the bank account um, because I had just opened up a, a um, student checking account and used the overdraft protection money to um, buy Christmas gifts for everyone in my family. And then two months later, my mom passed away and I was now dealing with all of these adult um, responsibilities that I had. And so that $200, you know, seems like a small amount of money, but it took me years to pay off that small debt because um, of all of the, the things that I had to deal with. And, you know, by the time I turned 18, I had poor credit. And so um, when I got pregnant, started having panic attacks, thinking about my daughter's future. Um, and I started doing research um, about like financial literacy and how, how early I can start to teach her some of the things that I wish I would have known um, at that period in my life. And I started to realize that they they actually, um, kids start to understand that money has value by age three. Um, and <laughs> how does that impact our spending, it, the way we make decisions around money as adults are formed by age seven. And so I started to really <laughs> like freak out because I started to understand that like, a lot of times we think about when we think about financial literacy, we think about the knowledge gap. We don't think about the habits. And it really is the habits that are impacting the things that we're doing. And so if you was raised by someone who's an emotional spender, you very well may be someone who is um, an emotional spender or you went in the opposite direction. Right. And so even though we know we should be earning, saving, investing and giving and doing those things, it really is our habits that that impact um, how we manage our money as we get older and how stable our financial future is. And so 
when I, after doing that research and discovering that, I decided to write a children's book. Um, and crazy thing about that is that I never considered myself to be creative in any kind of way. <laughs> But I knew I just wanted to give my daughter this information that I had. And so um, I hired an illustrator, I hired a self-publishing coach. And then a couple of months later, my book was published. And when my book got published, I got like a huge response um, from friends and family and then people beyond. And people started to reach out to me. And I had people who were like high earners coming to me and telling me, that no one ever taught them about money when they were younger. And so they've been living paycheck to paycheck and they're just trying to keep afloat and they really don't know what to do. Um, mm -hmm. So these stories were really heart heartbreaking for me, especially because um, I don't think that the topic is that complex, right? The foundational information that we we need in order to develop and have a, more, uh, have a better understanding of complex things like stocks and things like that are really easy to teach a kid when they're young, like math, reading, counting, sorting. Those are some of the things that um, kids need to, skills that kids need to develop early that we're just not putting enough emphasis on and focusing on. And so I'd looked at all of the things that I was doing to teach my daughter math and English. And I just made, started creating products um, just really focused on money. And today, Madison is like, she really is. She's three and a half years old and she has a bank account and she manages her money. <laughs> That's really amazing. And so much you put so much research in and then it just seems to make such common sense that yeah. we try to prepare our children for everything to go out into the world to make sure that they have the tools that they need. But financial literacy is often not a subject that's broached at, at all. Right, right. So that is the one tool that could provide uh, so many sk skills and, and hopes to take, you know, an idea, even how to start a business, but but just the basics, like you had said, with you started your first checking account. So it's whether how to manage, how you to know, manage money, but it's not often spoke of at home. Like you just said, these high earners were, were struggling and a little embarrassed going paycheck to paycheck. So I think many times do you feel like the adults in these children's lives and the parents don't feel they are, they have the tools to then yeah. pass it along. And like you mentioned with habits, it's so funny that you said that because kids absorb everything. Whether it's the way we react, our emotions, and that includes finance, and that's not spoken about either. Well, it's not spoken about because it's something that, um, if you think about just as a society, it's it can bring great shame. We put so much value in people's personal accomplishments, and we attach dollars to accomplishments. And so, if you don't have a healthy bank account, it's not something you feel comfortable talking about. In fact, you feel a lot of shame around it, even though we're all collectively in the same boat where we're like, nobody taught, taught us this. And we understand that it's something that should be taught. We still carry a lot of shame because we, we, we value each other in that way. And so that's another part of um, what I try to talk to parents about is that like, listen, a, a part of what I'm doing as well with the tools that I'm creating is making kids understand that money is just that, it's a tool right? This is a tool to help you get what you want and what you need. 
that's it, right? It doesn't it doesn't determine your personal wealth. Um, it is something that is absolutely necessary. I know people say their money's not everything. It is <laughs> because in order to enjoy anything that you love, you actually have to have money. You, the people that you love, you have to feed them. You have to get health care. You have to educate them. All of these things do require money. And so teaching teaching kids that that this is exactly what it is as a tool is the first step. The other part is like um, I've been having this conversation a lot. A lot of parents are overworked. Like right now, the way uh, our society is, it is not easy to live, right? A, a, a middle income is no longer um, giving you the stability that you need. And so parents are working overtime right now. And so even though they have every, they interact with money every single day. So they have an opportunity to talk about money with their kids every single day. Their minds are just in a million different places that they 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 don't even think of some of the things that I tell them to do. Like basic things, like teaching my daughter delayed gratification. It doesn't have to involve money. Of course, you can't teach a, a, a three-year-old delayed gratification with a dollar bill, but you can teach her that with chocolate. Um, and yeah. <laughs> my daughter loves chocolate. And so, okay, you can have two chocolates after you eat your oats, right? And there are days when we don't have any chocolates and she gets very upset and we have a conversation about um, the fact that you're not always going to have enough chocolate. And so we have to budget the chocolate when you get it, right? Um, if you want three chocolates, which sometimes she wants three chocolates, you know, that means we won't have enough for Friday, right? This is using something that she loves and that she can relate to, but teaching her the same lessons and helping develop the habit of delayed gratification so that when she is older and she is managing her money and she is investing in stocks, right? Or she's, you know, getting money and needing to save up for a house or all these big items. She understands that like, in order for me to get something that I want, these are the things that I need to do. And even when I do this, there is still a chance that what I want may not be, be available to me if I don't budget it properly, you know, small yeah. things that, that leave a, a big impact. Right. Um, Another thing I do with my daughter is um, parents don't think about when we go to the store, I don't have tantrums in stores over toys um, because she'll see stuff and I tell her, I say, well, we didn't plan to get you anything today. And so let's look around and see what they have. And if you see something that you like, you know, let's see how much it costs. And then the next time we come, we can put together a plan and maybe we can get that for you. Right. I've been doing that with her for a couple of months now. And just, she just, the joy of window shopping. She is just completely happy. And so I don't tell her no. I don't say you can't get a toy today, right? I still give her the joy of shopping around and looking at things. And, and I also make her understand that this is something that we have to plan for. And then I follow through on that promise to come back once we create a plan. And those things have really, I mean, it saved me so much <laughs> in like tantrums, <laughs> you know, but it's teaching her these lessons that like, I can still, I can love like my designer bags. I can go look at it every single day and knowing that I will get it when, when it's time for me to get it. 
it's also teaching a lesson in impulse shopping too. Impulse shopping, yes, absolutely. It, it's amazing. Absolutely. What I really was so excited about, um, you know, having you as a guest and talking to you, it was a pleasure, you know, just meeting you. I just think you're such an amazing um, just person. Um, but what we've talked to people during this series um, about this, I've never really... Um, known um, so much about financial literacy and what an issue it is than I have in this past year. But a study came out just uh, last week, actually, and it reveals the overwhelming need for financial literacy education in K through 12. And the, the guests that we've previously had on were people concentrating on the, and this report goes on to say, the real lack of financial literacy in juniors and seniors that are entering the workforce, who are going to college and have no concept about student loans, you're, you're entering this debt or credit cards, or even if you're, whether you're going to another um, higher education or not, you may want a car. And there's no concept, it seems to me this, age group doesn't even have the tools to know the questions to ask right. to get the answers they need. And, and I could see the concentration there because these, it's almost like that's right on the firing line. You know, these right. this age group is going out and they don't have the tools. And so a concentration is on trying to get them, but that's not getting to the root. And I love the fact that you are, Concentrate. I mean, three years old, getting those habits. Right. You know, I heard you talk about math, and whatever, but you could teach like for me to learn a new language it would be almost impossible, right. but not a three year old. And I think you're making sure that this next group isn't like on the firing line going out into the world unprepared. Right. And when you think about like when you were in high school, you really were focused on passing the test. And if our habits are formed by age seven, eight, maybe let's say 10, right? Mm -hmm. um, then even when you get to the point of getting the education, you now have these habits that you have to deal with. And so you're saying, oh, well, well, I need to get this. So I'm doing this by any means necessary. And you're not thinking about the opportunity that you have to pull back and plan to go out and research grants, to reach out research other ways to get things because your impulse is telling you, I need to do this, right? Um, it's not saying I need to plan. And so I think that while it's important to, to receive a, a formal financial education at every age, right? I think that oftentimes we start to focus on um, older kids because we think that they understand money better. But the reality is kids start to understand money at three. And so you have to start teaching them at the point in which they start to understand that this has value and it's something that can be used to get them the things that they want and need. You also have to make them understand how we get money because I've asked many kids, how do we get money? I've, I had a kid say at the dollar store, um, I had another kid say at, at the money store, right? They associate getting money with the store, which is where they go to get things, right? They don't associate getting money with hard work with entrepreneurship, with going out and working for other people, with doing chores, with, you know, helping a neighbor, with mowing a lawn. They don't, they don't think of those things first when I say, how do you get money? And people are like, well, 
There are only three. Madison's three. Ask Madison how you get money. <laughs> She's going to tell you how to get money, right? Um, because this is a conversation we've had, believe it or not, for a long time. You know, she has a fake ice cream stand in the park. We get money every Easter. Her grandparents give her like $25. We put, put it away. That's going towards her ice cream stand that she's going to get when she turns five. These are conversations that we're having with her. Because if you think about it right now at this age, everything she's doing is play. Everything is imagination, right? This is how they learn through play, right? And so if I have a play ice cream stand and we're transacting, right? Then she's learning that she has a cash register. So she's learning how to use a cash register mm -hmm. and understanding that when I give her money, she has to give me change. So you have to not account the change, right? And she also understands about credit cards. But I, th I think that in this world where we're swiping, 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 parents forget that kids are tactile learners. They need to touch and feel things. They need to have the experience of losing something. And you don't get that when you're just swiping a card. Mm -hmm. Get that from having physical money in your hand and it going away and you're not seeing it again, right? You get it from having clear jars where you see your money growing, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you start to now use that imagination and think about all the things you can get once it gets the money gets to the top, right? Those are the things that really make kids um, learn about money and teach kids about money so that when they do go to college and they are getting these valuable, crucial less, lesson, lessons that they should get in high school about interest rates, about um, loans, about their education, they have a foundational understanding of how money works. Um, and also they have good, strong habits around money that they can make informed decisions in, in, in a, and they can actually be set them up, sorry, sets them up for success. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I love the fact that you talk about like an overall education. You, you don't need all the answers, but you do have to know how to ask the questions and question, yes. you know, contracts. And that there are comparisons. So you don't feel at everyone's mercy if you're going for a car loan. Well, maybe you could get it. You should know enough to say, well, maybe if I go to this credit union, it might be a lower rate or to, to ask those. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about um, the, the, the book it, itself? You talk about the lessons, but... I did like the fact that even in your book, you talk about is Madison's first dollar. Yeah. And uh, you do have another one, though, coming out in the next couple of days, I believe. Yes, yes. Next week, Madison's first budget is coming out next. And so um, Madison's first dollar was my first book. Um, and it is filled with it's a it's a book about a girl who gets her first dollar and she's thinking about the ways in which she can spend it. So it's filled with open-ended questions um, so, so that encourage kids to think critically about what they can do with their dollar. So when I read to kids, the first thing it says is like, what do you think she do, should do with her dollar? And they say, buy candy, right? And by the end of the book, they're thinking about investing. They're thinking about buying a gift for someone else or even donating their money to to neighbors. So that book is really, um, it, it's an introductory book, really designed to introduce kids to money, right? And so on the back, we have activities so they can identify the bills, they can identify the coins, they can sorting activities and things like that. But it's also to, to get them thinking about the ways in which they could use a dollar other than just buying candy. 
Um, and then in the second book, Madison's First Budget, um, Madison's parents have, have, have parents, I can't even speak. <laughs> Madison's parents have advised her to um, create a budget for her dollar. Um, and <laughs> she enlisted her cousin Sadie and EJ to help her create this budget. And so it's another book that is also walking you through the different ways in which she can, she's thinking about spending her dollar, but it also introduces um, counting coins and coin combinations so that kids understand um, the value of money better. And they, in the end, will design their own budget. So there's budget worksheets and things like that. And this book is um, actually a very special book to me because it, I'm dedicating it to my mom um, who passed away when I was 18. Um, and the three characters are her, her grandchildren and her only great grand, which is Sadie. So Madison and EJ are her grandchildren and Sadie's her great grand. And so this book is very emotional because in my first book, I kind of was like an accidental author, I tell people. And in this book, I really sat down and thought about what I wanted to do with it. And it, it's a part of um, a four part series. And so there are two other books that will be coming out um, that are already written and ready to go, just have to do the illustrations for it. So I'm really excited about this book because I, I've let um, a couple of principals and teachers that I know read it and they, they're just blown away by the illustrations and, and the lessons that are being learned um, that they all have said that they wish they would have gotten um, when they were younger and that they would have passed on to their own children. I know I hear that, you know, so much. I, I, I just absolutely loved reading it. I've already ordered uh, Madison's first budget. So. I know, thank you. <laughs> you know, I just uh, have so much admiration. Um, go, accidental author, but I think it's it's been a calling much more. And, you know, what you are giving, the impact that Madison is having. I, I love that. It's not just how you spend that dollar, but to really instill the joy that comes from giving of yourself and, yes. you know, speaking of volunteerism and the true joy that has more of an impact than maybe any one financial purchase, right. but the impact you have on another life. And I know you had mentioned, I've seen it written in a couple of things that you've put out, the impact that Madison has, but I think Madison has made her impact in the world through you by... Yes affecting so many people in such a positive way through your books, so. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It warms my heart every time I think about like how loved she is and how she's going to grow older and, and see all the things that we've done for her. We, we also have, um, in addition to the books, we have animated music videos. So I've taken eight common um, nursery rhymes that kids are familiar with the tunes and the melodies and I converted them into songs about money. And so I have one is on my website now, but the other um, seven are, a couple of them are done. It's like four or five that's done, just waiting to be released into the world. Um, and they're all in Madison's image. Um, and I'm just really excited about her life <laughs> and how she's gonna grow up and be like one of the best money managers we've met. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can't wait to have her on um, <laughs> an upcoming podcast, but Ebony, this has been such a joy to have you here. I, I think that um, you might agree. We could talk all, all day. So. Okay. 
all day. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I hope we could continue when the books come out. And this is this is certainly a topic that, um, you know, is front and center and should be a part of just a normal conversation in every everyday life. But I encourage um, everyone to please go to Ebony's uh, website here for more information, the songs, uh, the availability for the books, and uh, perhaps even upcoming um, videos or appearances that you have. And products and releases. And can I just say one thing before we close? Yes. Because um, I, I think it's important to always state that like, um, while I've, I focus on um, restoring generational wealth, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Families, especially in communities of color, you know, I think it's important for people to understand that um, one of the reasons why I say restoring generational wealth is because we we come from a very rich culture, right? Um, and I think that sometimes it's important to remind people that even though in times where it feels like we don't have the things that we need, we do. We have so much that we can draw on. And it's as simple as having conversations with your kids about money and where it comes from. And if you feel comfortable sharing experiences with them that you've had, and if not, just using books like mine and other books that are out there, because there are a lot of other authors who are coming out with books that are really good for kids at, at different ages, but really having the conversation with kids will go a lot further than I think parents would understand and making them understand that, that money is a tool. It, is, it does not determine your value. Um, and talk about times where we had money and we lost money and we went up and down um, in our finances so that they understand that, you know, if they if they take the steps that they need, that they can, they can always get to um, a level of stability at some point, right? And so I think it's important for parents to under, understand that because I think parents are really hard on themselves and they're out here, I said this on another podcast, I was like, they're out here working, trying to do the most when they're already the best. And their kids just really need them. They need their attention, they need their time. They need for them to explain things to them. We put a lot of um, reliance on the school system, but money is something that like an institution can teach you academically but you have to teach on a daily basis because we interact with it. So even if you're ordering online, sit them on your lap and talk to them, let them get involved in the purchase decisions, especially around things for themselves. And when they're saving money, right? Allow them to save and spend that money. They We have to teach our kids how to think about spending. You have so many people who save, will save your money, save their money and spend yours <laughs> because, because they, they're not taught to think about spending. And so now is the time for them to make um, poor money decisions in a safe way, right? With you as their as their their um, guide. And so please just make sure that you you give them the opportunity to choose. Even if they buy mess and like to buy candy, I'm not big on the candy, but every now and then I'll, I'll let her buy it. But I also try to explain to her why I feel the way I feel and still let her go on to make her decision. And so I just wanted to make sure that that point came across clearly to parents that they do have the tools. It doesn't take a lot to teach them. It just takes you having the awareness that this is something that you need to talk to them about. I think you're right. You know, the schools can teach just so much and maybe it's not comfortable. Maybe you don't feel like you've made totally the best decisions. You would rather do things, but you're already that child's hero. Yeah. And somebody they feel safe about talking to that with. 
And one of the things that, you know, has come up so, so many times is a lot of times this is a great conversation when it is introduced, say, in, in school, that kids actually come home and talk to a, their parents about it. And it's a great conversation. So that have, but you could initiate that. And I think, you know, you're reaching an age group that you could initiate it. And it is something that everybody could relate to and talk about more than so many of the other things that that come from school. Absolutely. You know, going to come home and talk to you about geom you know, geometry or geography. But right. that's something very practical. Right, right, right. Could bring right. you closer. Yeah, no, and, and I think that some of the parents I talk to, the concern is like, I don't want to talk to them. Like, what if they ask if I'm rich? What if they ask, ask if I'm poor, right? You can, you can have those conversations with them in ways that is child-friendly, right? And it, it teaches them to be respectful of other people's situation, right? So there may be kids in their class that don't have the same financial standing as them. And they don't have to... They, they don't have to pity them, right? You just have to understand and accept their situation. Like I grew up, I grew up on welfare when they used to give you the, the coupons. And so I didn't, I didn't interact with physical cash as much because they didn't give that mm -hmm. to my mom. They gave her these coupons to go buy food with. And so I, I remember clearly as a kid, just wondering like, why are they giving us these coupons? Is it because we can't, um, manage our money and they want to make sure that we only spend our money on food stamps. I mean, I'm on food instead of like other things. And then as I got older, I started to realize the power of the dollar, right? If you, if you give somebody a dollar, they'll take that dollar and they can invest in it with it. Right. And mm -hmm. so I'm not saying that that is their, the, the system's intention. I'm just saying these are the thoughts that I had as a kid, just wondering why, I'm being restricted in the way that I'm being restricted because my parents' circumstances when I came into the world, you know? And so a lot of what I've learned, the lessons I've learned come came from my own poor situation. So my bad um, situation. So I think that even if you, you're not in the best financial standing, you still have those lessons that you can use to teach kids so that they can go on and empower themselves. Well, your life lessons certainly brought so much, you know, so hope much. and understanding, um, a, a tool that many could benefit from. And I think that, you know, in talking to, to you, um, just emphasizes that financial literacy just helps so much more than dollars, even a relationship. It's if you could manage your money, you have a, um, more of an opportunity to not be um, restricted by somebody else's power over you because you can't make these financial decisions on a personal or professional level. Absolutely. And everyone needs financial literacy. Nothing drives me create more crazier than when I hear parents tell me, oh, well, my kid is going to be good because I'm leaving behind X, Y, Z. You can leave behind millions of dollars and that could be gone. We've heard many athletes talk about how much money they've lost. So it's not about how much just it's not just about how much money you have or what assets you transfer to your kid it is about giving them the tools to understand how to manage it and also building the, the habits that will help them succeed not only in just money managing money but in in so many other areas of their life if we know how to manage our emotions and our habits we we would we be at peaks you know so yeah absolutely yeah. well this has been um 
you know, so, so inspiring. Uh, you inspire me. I know, you, you know, I, I'm not alone. You inspire so many people. I, I so appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. And I really hope we could do this again. Of course. Very of course. soon. <laughs> um, Ebony Beckford, thank you so much for joining me today. I uh, look forward to doing it again. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. If you enjoyed our conversation, please give us a like and subscribe to our channel. Hope to see you next time. Thank you.